happy COVID-19 Mother's Day, Bethel family and friends. We're so glad you joined us today. So COVID-19, shelter in place. We are heading into eight weeks of COVID-19. Now, moms, it's Mother's Day, so we'll talk a little bit about what that means for you, especially if you have children at home. That means eight weeks of homeschooling, eight weeks of extra laundry, eight weeks of cooking meals. I was thinking about how long eight weeks can feel like. For some of you, it's just flown by, and for others of us, it seems so slow. Just last week, I literally just got in my car just to drive around to get out of the house. How many of you just feel like, I just got to get out of the house? It would be great to just sit down at a restaurant right now or go to a movie. Sometimes... We get in situations in our lives where we can't go where we want to go. We can't do what we want to do. And it reminded me of the Israelites in Exodus because God began to lead them towards their purpose. And while we've said many times we don't necessarily believe that God brought COVID-19, God can certainly use this situation to push us closer to our His purpose and His destiny for our lives. So I was thinking about how long this has been. Sometimes time seems to slow down. Here we are in Exodus chapter 13 and 14. The Israelites are heading out. God is leading them out of bondage that they had been in for such a long time. God had planned for them a two-week journey. What we're going to see here is that this two-week journey turned into a four-decade journey. Now, I don't believe that COVID-19 is going to be a four-decade journey, but we can certainly learn some lessons that God has us covered, even when we get into difficult situations, even when we get into situations where we don't understand what his plan is, how he is working, why things are working the way they are, when there's frustration, when there's lack of clarity, God has us covered. Come on, say it with me. God has us covered. And so I'm thinking here in the book of Exodus, and I'm thinking about how God began to lead the children of Israel out of bondage. We see that he brought 10 plagues on Pharaoh to release them, to let his people go. And God said this, he said, I'm going to lead you out. What's interesting about this is that God led them out. And the book of Exodus specifically says that when he led them out, he led them towards the wilderness and the Red Sea. God sometimes leads us into places that are uncomfortable to get us to our freedom. God will always push us. God will always propel us towards our freedom because God loved us so much. As a matter of fact, in 1 John 4, 16, it says, we have known and believed that God has love for us. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, cast all your cares or your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 
You see, any time we are in the messy middle or we're in the middle of the wilderness and we can't understand what God is doing in an eight-week COVID home shelter and we don't understand the timing of God, here is one thing that I know. God cares for us. And he says, cast all your cares on me for I care for you. God cares for you. And God is cheering us on saying, come on, you've got this. I want to push you to your finish line. I want to push you to your promise. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future and expect it in because we know God's plan for us is healthy. God's plan for us is wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. God's plan for us is strong. God's plan for us is a life knowing how much he loved us that we know and we believe and living a life of vitality but we see here in exodus that the egyptians are chasing after the israelites the israelites have been led out not in the short path it's interesting that god sometimes intentionally navigates us towards trouble God cares for us so much that he will push us to freedom. I call it that he pushes us past the point of no return. If you are on an airplane, they have put so much fuel on that airplane to get to its destination. There is a certain point on that flight that the pilot can ne- cannot go back to where it started, that it can only move forward to its landing destination. And that's where we find the Israelites as they are leaving bondage in Egypt. God has led them out towards the wilderness, towards the Red Sea. And it's interesting because when they were led out, God didn't just leave them, God provided for them. So they headed out, they had a cloud by day to cover them, protect them from the heat and the elements. And they had a fire, a pillar of fire by night to keep them warm and to give them light to allow them to continue to move. And as they were moving, it says that, the, the Bible says that God actually stirred up the anger in Pharaoh to cause them to actually go after the Israelites. Said They had took all their resources and began to chase after them. The Israelites are getting to the edge of the wilderness towards the Red Sea and they look at Moses and say, what have you done to us? We would have rather stayed in bondage. Why are we here? You have led us to our death. And it's interesting because in that moment, God looks at Moses and he says, I want you to lift up your hand and point it towards the Red Sea. Let me read the scripture for you. So Moses said back to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of our Lord, for he will accomplish this for you today. The Lord will fight for you if you will hold your peace. I want to encourage you today, while we're in the middle of what seems to be uh, unpredictable, what seems to create uncertainty in our life, 
We're, we're under the shadow of, of difficulty, of unemployment, of uncertainty. And in that moment, just like the Egyptians, when they're chasing after the Israelites, Moses looks at the Israelites and says, Stand still and see the salvation of our God. For the Lord will fight for you. Just hold your peace. Just hold your peace. God will fight for you. So the cloud of day, the fire by night, the Red Sea in front of them, and God speaks to Moses. He says, now lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide it. Now, you think about that particular moment. When Moses is standing there, the Israelites are freaking out behind him. He has a sea in front of them, and I can only imagine if I was Moses in that moment, thinking, God, what is your plan now? What are you going to do now? And it's crazy because I love this scripture that it says here. It says, so the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. What we see happening in that moment, Moses is ready to stretch forth the rod in his hand over the sea to divide it, wondering how in the world is this going to happen? He's trusting God with all his might. God, I'm being obedient to what you're doing. I don't understand. I'm having a lack of clarity in this moment. God, what are you doing? And all of a sudden, the cloud moves from in front of them to behind them. And it says that the cloud caused darkness to come to one and it gave light by night to the other. So the cloud moved, the angel of the Lord moved the cloud to behind the Israelites so it would come between the Israelites and the Egyptian. As the Egyptians were pursuing them, God stepped in and said, I will be your protector. Not only will I protect you from behind, but I will create light so that you can see to continue to move forward. He will create darkness for the enemy, but light to move you forward. God's word is a light to our path. It says it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God always provides protection. God always provides provision when we obey him and we allow him to lead us. Now it's crazy because here in this moment, just think about it. Here's Moses. The cloud has moved. I feel like that would give me some confidence in that moment. Like, okay, I just saw the cloud move. I just saw God come in between my enemy and me. Now in this moment, I just simply have to lift up my rod and put my hand down to divide the sea. But there was the light shining on them. So now the spotlight literally is on Moses while everybody's watching him to see what he's going to do. You see, when we have ruthless trust in God and we obey him, sometimes it almost seems heroic when we obey God. Doesn't seem to make sense you know that there would be no faith if there was no fear. 
Moses was fearing in that moment, but he had enough trust in God to say, okay, God, I will do that. And we see when Moses put his rod down, his hand toward the sea to divide it, what happened? We all know the story. The Red Sea divided and the wall became, the water became a wall and it separated. And not only that, but God, when he moves, he moves big time. When he wants you to notice that he is a miracle working God, he moved the water, he parted the Red Sea, and then he dried the ground so they could walk across dry ground. I want you to stop right now, and I want you to think about the goodness of God, the the amazingness of our God, how we can marvel at his works and marvel at his acts and how amazing he is and become suddenly aware in that moment of the goodness of God. Just take a moment and think, God, I thank you for the times that you moved in my life when nothing else would move. For the times that you heard my cry when no one else heard my cry. The times when I obeyed you, God, and I saw your hand move on my behalf. John 14, verse 1, Jesus says something. He says, trust in God and trust in me. This is not a question, but a command. Jesus says, trust in God and trust in me. And often we see the marvels of God. We see the miraculous moments that God brings us through. And I don't know about you, but when I see God move in such miraculous ways, sometimes I think, he got us through. Man, the enemy was behind us. The Red Sea was in front of us, but we made it through Easy days are coming. Easy street is here. You know, we're dancing on the streets. It's good times. And then guess what? Something else happens. And suddenly in that moment, we have to go back and remember the marvels of God. And we have to celebrate what God has done in our lives in the past, to give us the strength to push us towards our promise, to push us towards our purpose. I love what Mother Teresa said. She had a man come to her and marveled at her servanthood and marveled at the work that she had done and what she was doing. And he said, could I pray? He said, could you pray for me? And this is what she said. She said, I never have clarity. I always had trust. So I will pray that you trust God. And in our search for God's plan for our life, sometimes we want absolute clarity. And I think COVID-19 has brought to our attention that sometimes we cannot get absolute clarity. We had our 2020 goals written out. We had our year plan written out. And here we are in May. We've had to scratch out some of our goals. We've had to repurpose some of the thoughts that we had for our year. Kind of had to question God. What is happening? 
This is our quantum leap. This is our 2.0. This is our 2020 vision year, God. What is happening? And God is saying in that moment, just like Mother Teresa, you will not have absolute clarity. You must trust me. You see, when we fear the unknown in front of us, we destroy our trust. A small amount of distrust can keep me in a state of anxiety. Even though God has not changed, God is continually working. There is a certain amount of anxiety that comes when we allow ourselves to plant seeds of distrust in our heart. God, what are you doing? This is not the time. This is not how I thought it would be. This is not what I'd written down in my journal. God, what is happening? And that's exactly what happened to the Israelites. It's crazy because they crossed over the Red Sea. The cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. And then to boot, God began to feed them with manna. And the Bible kind of describes it like the manna was whatever that person needed. Like if you liked your manna to taste like brownies, it tasted like brownies. If you liked your manna to taste like a green salad, it tasted like green salad. If you wanted your manna to taste like mac and cheese, your manna tasted like mac and cheese. God created the manna to satisfy each and every person specifically. And so they're seeing the goodness of God. They're seeing his hand on their life, the cloud, the fire, the manna. They're moving across and what God had planned just to be a two-week journey got disrupted because of fear, got disrupted because they wanted absolute clarity but yet could not get absolute clarity in that moment. And in Numbers chapter 11, I am astonished by what I read and what the Israelites said after they'd seen the marvels and the miraculous that God had brought them through. Here's what they said. They said, we remember when we ate fish freely. They began to think about how good it was back there in bondage. They didn't focus in on the fire kilns and the whips and the slave masters and the cruelty because the lack of uncertainty in front of them had literally blinded their thoughts and so frustrated them to the point that they said, we'd rather go back to what we know than push towards the promised land. It's easier back there. We had fish freely. We had all the produce that we wanted. We had everything that we needed. You see, fear will lead us away from gratitude. Fear will cloud our vision. Psalms 56 verse 3, David said this, When I am most afraid, the Israelites were afraid. They were frustrated. 
This was supposed to be a short journey to this land of milk and honey, to our promised land. Moses, you led us out, and it doesn't look like we thought it would. This is not 2.0. This is not our quantum leap. So God, what is happening? Moses, where have you led us? Remember when we had fish freely and we had all the produce that we wanted. Let's just go back, Moses. David said, when I am most afraid, I put my trust in you. Think about Jesus and the disciples. Jesus had taught for days and they had fed the 5,000. And Jesus, I think, was just kind of tired of being around people and the disciples. And, you know, he, he made them, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 14, God ma- Jesus made them get on the boat, the disciples. And he went away into the mountain to pray. So the disciples were being obedient. They got in the boat and they began to head across the sea. And the gospel says that when Jesus was praying in the fourth watch, like probably three, four in the morning, he looked down. He was on the mountain and he could see the disciples out on the sea. And it says that a storm kicked up. And Jesus looked down on them. And in that moment... When they could have said, why did he send us out here? He knew a storm was going to kick up. Why are we out here? Why are we trusting? Man, we just fed the 5,000. Man, that was crazy. And now here we are on this boat in the middle of the sea, and we're going to die. Jesus looked down on them, and he came towards them. I want to jump to Matthew chapter 14 real quick and just read this passage of Scripture to you. And it said, now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking, they were troubled and they said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. And immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, be of good cheer. Do not be afraid. Be of good cheer. Do not be afraid. I am with you. And then we see in Luke chapter 8, when Jesus and the disciples had been ministering, this time he says, let's go over to the other side together. So they they jumped on the boat and it was nighttime, not the best time because the waters can kick up and they headed out into the boat. And the Bible says, the gospel account, that Jesus actually went down into the boat And he fell asleep. And this large storm began to brew. And water was coming into the boat. And in that moment, they were so fearful. Just like the Israelites when they thought the two-week journey was lasting longer and it wasn't. Let's just go back. Let's just go back where we can get the fish and all the produce that we want. But they couldn't go back. Now the disciples are here in their boat and they're watching God come walk across the Red Sea and say, don't fear, I'm with you. 
And now Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat. Water's coming in. The boat is about to sink. And they go down and get him and say, and they cry out, Do you not care that we could die? Jesus got out of the boat, got out of the bottom of the boat, and he walked up. And he spoke to the winds and he spoke to the waves and caused it to be calm. You see, what Jesus has taught us in that moment is when we are in a place of no return, when we are in the messy middle, when we can't go back to bondage and we know God's trying to push us towards his purpose in our life because we know there's something on the other side that God is waiting to show us. It's in that moment God teaches us that we can speak to our storm, that we can tell the storm to cease. And a lot of times that storm is right here between these two ears in our head that we are frustrated because we want clarity and we don't have clarity, but we can begin to speak to our storm and cause it to cease. That's the example that Jesus gave us. What I love about the story, when Jesus is in the bottom of the boat, he grabbed a pillow and he went down to sleep. You see, faith in God makes one fine pillow. When we trust God to lead us to the other side, even when the winds are raging and the sea is tumultuous and when it's, we're in the wilderness and we're wondering when is this journey going to end, God says, do not be afraid. I am with you. You see, when we trust God in difficult times, we are actually allowing him to lead us to his heart. See, it's easy to follow God when everything's turning up roses and our bank accounts are full. Everybody loves us, the family, the kids, the boss, everything's great. But when there's uncertainty in our life, it's more difficult. But it's in those moments that we have to treasure the gift of uncertainty and treasure the the gift of the messy middle and say to ourselves, God is with me. And God is leading me. It's in those moments that we can understand and hear the heartbeat and the heart and the mind of God like we never have before. You know, during this COVID time, it's interesting as I've talked to to many of you, we've talked about how life has kind of slowed down. While there's stress, and there's tension. We've traded the busyness of life, ball games and appointments and flights to work and places we have to be and places we have to go. And things have just slowed down. And I believe in this time, things can slow down enough that we can hear 
the heartbeat of God. So treasure the times of uncertainty because it will lead you to a place of greater trust in our Father. If you treasure the times of uncertainty, it will stretch your faith to say, wow, I know God led us through the Red Sea. I've seen his hand move. I remember when the cloud, it literally moved from in front of us to behind us and it protected us between our enemy. And I remember the fire that led the way. I remember the works of God. I remember when we fed the 5,000. I remember when we prayed for the sick and we saw them recover. But here in this moment of uncertainty, here in the wilderness, here in this storm, I have the Amazing opportunity to expand my trust and faith in God to hear his heart like I have never heard it before. Because God is faithful even when we waffle. When we're not clear, when we lose faith, I am stunned at this scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2. When I read it, I actually had to reread it again and think, there's no way this is possible. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, it says, If we are faithless, <laughs> he remains faithful. Let me say that again. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. First John 4, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. You see, God is always pursuing us. God is always pushing us towards his best for our lives. And what seems like a storm and seems like a wilderness is actually the bridge to the best. You see, there's this process that we have in trusting God. First is faith. We have faith in God. We have faith that God will move. Faith is the substance of things, what we hope for. So we begin with this faith, the size of a mustard seed. It, it seems so small. God, I, I don't see how you're going to work this out. I don't see how you're going to create an environment that makes COVID-19 actually lead me to a better place. It was so good before. When God pushes us into seasons in our life that we don't understand, divorce, sickness, unemployment, it's in the shadow of those dark places that God shines the best. Because the darker it is, the brighter the light shines. So we go from faith, it's as small as a mustard seed. Faith that moves us to hope. Faith, the substance of things 
that I hope for, the evidence of things that I don't even see, but I trust God. We move from faith to hope to crazy, ruthless trust. And I trust God, he will move. I trust God with my salvation. I trust that when Jesus Christ died on the cross for the penalty of my sin, that he will lead me to everything he has for me. And I think one of the things that leads us through this process of trust and that leads the Israelites from this place of the wilderness and gets us through the storm when we realize, be of good cheer, God is with us, is remembering his goodness is being grateful for the moment because gratitude is the engine that keeps us moving. All of life is unearned and undeserved. They are all gifts. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, For in all things, all means all, for in all Things give thanks to God in the wilderness, in the storm, in the moments of uncertainty. When the only thing that you can hear is the cry of the pain of your heart. And the only words that you can form out of your mouth when you're trying to pray is simply, Jesus. Because you have no strength. Begin to think on the goodness of God. And begin to list out and speak out what you are grateful for. Be say, well, I have no joy. You first have to have gratitude. Because gratitude leads us to a place of joy that becomes our strength. So it may be as simple as God, I thank you for a roof over my head. I thank you that people love me. I thank you for your provision. Lord, I, I thank you for food in my pantry. I thank you. I don't know. What is it for you? What are the small things or the big things that we can thank God for? I thank you for my family. I thank you for my friends. I thank you that you love me first. It's not that I loved you, but you love me, God. And I'm grateful for that. God steps in in that moment in the gap between the provision and the promise, the gap between our, our bondage and our freedom. And he begins to move us towards our purpose and our destiny. Just like when the disciples were on the ship, both or the boat, both times we see when Jesus walked on the water, he came to them. Do not fear. When Jesus was on the boat with them and he calmed the storms. They got to the other side and you know what was waiting on the other side. What was waiting on the other side was their purpose. People to love, 
Jesus brought healing to and the disciples and Jesus came together and they, they healed people. They, they cast out devils out of the, the demoniac. That he was called legion because he had, was so oppressed by the work of the enemy. God is pushing you to the other side to lead you to a place of freedom and purpose. God led the Israelites into the place of the wilderness across the Red Sea because in two weeks he had a place called the place of freedom the promised land, a land of milk and honey. Now, there were some giants in the land. There were some things that they had to overcome. God said, trust in me, for I have overcome the world. And so, in God, we find his goodness. In God, we find that he first loved us. So, for in all things... Let's give thanks to him for his goodness, for his miracles, for his acts of grace and mercy. And during this time of lack of clarity, of uncertainty, this one thing I know, on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I trust in the one who says, be not afraid for I have overcome the world. Today, let go of your fear and the flip side of fear is faith. Let go of your anxiety, cast all of your anxiety on him for he cares for you. He says, let go of that baggage so we can move to the other side. Are you ready to move to the other side? Are you ready to pass the test? We don't want to walk around this mountain for 40 years. We don't want to stay in the boat in the storm for more than a night. We want to get across to the other side. Are you ready? You say, I am ready, then you've got to let go of the things that hold you back. You've got to let go of the remembrance of the things of the past. Forget the good times and the bad times. Put your hands on the steering wheel and face forward and begin to move ahead, pressing on to the mark of the prize of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. Are you ready to move forward? Are you ready to experience your 2.0, your quantum leap, your 2020 clarity of vision? You can have great vision even in times of great uncertainty. Jesus has proved this to us over and over again because he has overcome the world. Is he in your boat today? You know, we're all in this storm together. The question is, is he in your boat and ask him, God, calm the storm. Get us to the other side. Get me to my purpose. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness.
I thank you for your miracle working power. I thank you that you loved us first. God, I let go of fear and I let go of anxiety and I let go of the fear of the future and the things that I cannot control. And I say, God, I hand it over to you. I trust you with my life. Even when I have questions, God, I let them go and I simply trust, like childlike faith, God, I trust you. I thank you for the treasure and the gift of uncertainty that you've given us so that we can hear your heartbeat like never before. God, let us see like never before and let us hear your voice like never before so that we can speak your words, that we can be your servants like never before. Push us, God, to our purpose. Push us past our pain to our purpose. Push us past our fears to your purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to give you a hope and an expected end, plans to give you a hope and future. God bless you. This week, I want you to get your journal out. Today, I want you to get your journal out and I want you to write down the good things that God is doing in your life. Kick up some worship music, open up the word and allow God to push you through this storm and allow his love to fill your heart into your purpose. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you next week.